Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. Good morning, good afternoon. Good morning, not quite afternoon yet, but will be by the time we finish recording. What have you got on this fine Saturday? Oh, I just got breakfast at the original Pancake House. Nice. And... And I, I'm just in an Avengers sort of mood. I was listening to the theme earlier this morning to get pumped. I thought the, about playing it for us when when we joined in. But then I remembered how poorly the Monday Night Football audio came through when I tried to do that. So I didn't. Yeah. And as far as like, you know, getting copyright, you know, strikes against us, <laughs> we know that, you know, the NFL and Disney are not two companies you generally want to make enemies with yeah how's your morning it's saturday Um, it is yeah it's good um been pretty productive i actually read uh a non-marvel comic for the first time in what feels like forever this morning so that was that was a nice little refresher it was not harry potter (laughs) it was uh it's called the department of truth i have it right here Ooh, that sounds good yeah it's kind of like a political conspiracy mind frick kind of thing oh maybe you'll have to tell us about it later on in our something else i don't know why but whenever i read independent comics i feel like most of them end up being that kind of kind of story is it a graphic novel um i think i think it was released in actual like floppy issues but i have like a volume of it so it's kind of collected nice yeah um but speaking of avengers or ultimates or whatever we want to call them uh i think i told you maybe off the pod last week that i found um some like direct to video cartoon from back in the day that marvel did called the ultimate avengers that was based off of this um i found that it's on youtube and i watched (laughs) like half of it to see how accurate it was to this run and to the Avengers movie. And it it actually wasn't bad. It was pretty accurate to this comic run um for you know about as much of it as I you know watched. It, they just like PG fight it whereas this comic gets I think it gets PG-13 in some places and we'll definitely see that next week. But uh is it worth yeah, the bonus episode? Should we watch it and review it live? I don't I don't think it would be because it'd be a lot of Webhead, recapping. Leave us a comment. <laughs> yes. If people ask for it, we can do it. But I feel like it'll be kind of redundant to the comic series because yeah. it's so similar. OK. But I was just I was just mentioning that I did that and that was just on my mind. Oh, that's and great. It, was, it was kind of cool. And and Zach texted me a couple of days ago. He's sending me a a live copy of a comic. What is it? Another Ultimates thing? Oh yeah, no. Um, if it gets here in time, we might have when to change I, our. When I get a text that's over three sentences long, it, the first part gets read, and then I'm like, "Oh, Zach is sending me something." Okay, I'll see what it is when I get the mail. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, you asked me, "What are you sending me?" And I then know, apparently I, didn't read my response. I was like a comic. Great. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to be more concise now knowing that. <laughs> um, well, if it gets here in time, it should be our next 
episode. Uh, if the mail gets delayed or anything, we might have to, you know, fly by the seat of our pants and improvise, but, um, it's something that's just not on Marvel unlimited. It's an ultimate Spider-Man issue that I think was like a bonus in that was part of like wizard magazine. Um, it's called Spider-Man one and a half or one half. Oh, well that'll be fun. That's like a bonus episode in it of itself. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be super continuity heavy, but it does take place in our story. Well, on on that, should we get into it? Should we throw it to the Better Business Bureau and then get into it? Do you have any other, uh, you know, things that happened to you this week that you want to share at the top of the hour? Nope. I think I think now's a good time to send it over to our sponsor. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. We're back. Ultimates assemble. That was last episode or the last Ultimates episode. That's what we named it. Yeah, but we didn't say that in the last one. They're kind of assembling in this one. I felt a little more, um, you know, more assembled Avengers. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, I think I've had the Avengers theme running through my head since I read it. <laughs> that theme um, goes the, to everything. the Ultimates theme. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so today we're doing ultimates issue four and five and without me readily having last week's stuff pulled up, where did we, where did we leave? Cap is unfrozen. They're about to start a team. George Bush says he looks totally cool and he and Tony Stark are there and Hank Pym is huge and Janet is naked, which maybe that'll come back in this week's episode. It might come back a lot. Um, uh, Thor, we've kind of gotten hints that maybe he's like not the Thor we're used to. Maybe he's like some hippie, you know, bleeding heart liberal. Did we get that? Did we get a hint like that in the last episode? I think they made some like offhand comments and we saw that he was like living with like a commune of people. Okay. I have some things to say about Thor from this week's. So I'm I can't, sure I can't wait to get to him. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure we both will. Yeah, well, I mean, he's an interesting and different character. You know, it's he hard is. to say say much about, you know, other people who are maybe less defined when he just comes in and in every every scene. It's like the point is, look at how different Thor is. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that is enough teasing. And should we get to it? We shall. Okay, issue four. I have my my Captain America socks on, by the way. I won't uh, show you because I don't think I'm flexible enough to, but I wore my Captain America socks for today. Um, so issue four, even though this is called Thunder. And Zach, I didn't see who it, who we are crediting. So if you have the the people to credit, then I'll... Throw yeah, it the, for a second. The whole series is um, written by Mark Millar and penciled by Brian Hitch. 
but I did have trouble finding like the inker, the letter, or the color, or any of that information for these issues. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we got them. Mark Millar, Brian Hitch. <laughs> yep. Um, issue four, Thunder. Tony Stark is on a space shuttle with beautiful actress Shannon Elizabeth. And without looking it up, Zach, do you know who this actress is? I had to look it up right before we started this. I had no clue. Like, I could tell it was a real person the way they're talking about her, but I couldn't have recognized her or named anything she's in. Well, when when I was reading it, I was like, this is probably just like a fake act- actress because I don't recognize her name. And then just now I looked it up to make sure. And it is Nadia from the American Pie movies who around this time in 2002 was a pretty famous sex symbol in the United States, I would say. So very uh, timely from the Ultimates here. Yeah, that lines up with pretty much what I was expecting it to be. Because, I mean, this 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 series, even more so than like the Ultimate Spider-Man series, this feels like a time capsule for Definitely. like the early 2000s. Definitely. This, so much of these two issues just put me r- right back in like to the 2002, 2003. George the Blink- Bush. Yeah. Cue the Blink-182. I was thinking cue the Lincoln Park, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Tony Stark is on a space shuttle with Shannon Elizabeth, and he's being interviewed by a quite young-looking Larry King. And Larry is questioning if all the money being diverted to the Ultimates is really necessary. He's like, what if it's 10 years before another supervillain like Magneto shows up? What if it never happens? And, Zach, I was going to let you give us is that something we should know about it sounds like something happened with magneto like 10 years ago and it's like the only real supervillain thing that's ever happened was that like a big thing no i mean he's been kind of a menace in general over in the pages of ultimate x-men but that i mean that would have been recent to them he's not saying 10 years ago magneto hit he's saying what if it's another 10 years before we need someone to fight a magneto yeah um and tony is like no way that's that's crazy you know they're like medical insurance i think he even says you know that's kind of you know if something shows up they're gonna want him or maybe he doesn't say that i think he, he does okay he, he says <laughs> that's the I was, stupidest I was thing i've ever lot, heard i was like say a lot of commentaries on point he might he say said, this <laughs> he says that's like not carrying medical insurance because you can't imagine something happening to you yeah so Tony is telling Larry King that they're talking to Thor about joining the squad and Hank Pym is working on some really cool AI stuff. And then he's like, of course, we're all disappointed about Bruce Banner that he can't get the super soldier serum working yet, but we've found a Captain America. So we don't really need two of these guys. Full stop. All of that seems like horrible PR that like a big playboy CEO guy should know better. Like he's just spilling all their secrets. He's airing out all the dirty laundry. I do his, his specific line about like, of course we're all disappointed in Dr. Banner. It's like, man, Bruce cannot catch a break. And imagine like if he had teased, Oh yeah, we're talking to um, Thor and then Thor never joins the team. Like, That's just egg on your face, buddy. Why'd you even bring it up? Yeah. So we cut back to New York and Janet 
Van Dyne Wasp is taking Captain America shopping. And he's like, I cannot believe how expensive everything is. This pair of slacks was $250. And that's just absurd. That's absurd for today's spending. So in 2002, I'm beginning to think, Zach, that these people have no concept of money. Yeah, they're they're rich. And I almost think it's supposed to seem like that by that like comment that because Janet Van Dyne just laughs it off. She's like, you are so funny, Captain America. Like, and it's like, they must just have, you know, we know they're being thrown millions and millions and millions of dollars at them, but they must be like Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development where she's like, what's a banana cost? $20, you know? Well, I mean, we know uh, Nick Fury's wardrobe costs a million dollars per outfit. So maybe that's like the standard they're comparing that's it to. True. They're like, yeah. oh, Cap, you're shopping, you know, at the the Goodwill compared to yeah. Nick Fury. But also, I mean, they're in Manhattan. Yeah. You know, maybe they're going just like down Fifth Avenue to the most expensive stores in the world. Yeah. I wear joggers that are pretty nice every day and they cost about 80 bucks. And they were to me, that is absurdly expensive. It like took a lot of like I wrestling with myself to be like should i just buy these you know yeah so all right so 250 bucks on a pair of pants and steve is saying that recently he had a big heart to heart with bucky over the phone so he's kind of made up with bucky and they're gonna meet up for a beer and maybe gail will join them but uh we don't really hear that much about gail or bucky in these two issues steve still lives in the same neighborhood as when he was a kid, but now it's kind of a rundown apartment complex and there's drugs and crime and the buildings vandalized. And I think maybe as they're walking up to his apartment, they realize that he was robbed. Oh, and then in the very next scene, they tell us that that is what happened. Yeah. His door is like kind of cracked open and they're like, Oh my gosh. And then we cut over to the Triskelion. Hold up real quick. Did you, pick up on th- I think this is funny whenever they give us specific numbers for like how much things cost and you try to like figure out the economic realities of 2002 ultimate Marvel universe did you see how much he pays for rent 650 bucks right how is rent that low in New York but he's out here buying $200 <laughs> pairs of but, pants but in walk but walking distance to his apartment he's spending half of that on a pair of pants yes <laughs> that's absolutely insane yeah. I would it makes sense why people would rob him like you've got this crummy apartment and all these expensive <laughs> pants in there yeah that is funny um I didn't think about that but that is funny I want to cut the part where I started to say I would rob Captain America because I don't rob people. No, don't. I certainly wouldn't rob him. (laughs) Zach would rob Captain America. But I mean, that's (laughs) that's like leaving, you know, a million dollars sitting in like the seat of a crappy car in like a really rundown neighborhood. Um, I have a story. Would you like to hear? Should should we should we take the time? Yes, can I already guess that it happened when we were doing door-to-door sales? It happened when we were doing door-to-door sales. <laughs> That's where all I, the fun stories come from. I was walking back to my car, and it was in not the best neighborhood. 
And as I'm walking back from like a block away, I can see that there are police cars next to my car and police officers looking into my car. And immediately I'm like, I bet I know why they're looking at my stuff. And it's because I had like $2 bills sticking out of my glove box. And that's exactly why they were looking in there. They were like, is this your car? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you know, this isn't the best area. You probably don't want to just have like money sticking out of your glove box. And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. And I was just on my way and it was nothing. But <laughs> it's funny that you just mentioned that exact same thing. Money just sticking out of the car. Yeah. I, I want to cut be, this. Not a great I, story. Yeah. I want to hammer this home. I want to be really clear. This this podcast is firmly anti theft anti-robbing people yes i was just saying like steve's got to have more street smarts than that yeah it's not 1945 anymore which i think is what janet says to him yeah um so we're back at the triskelion and dr banner is feeling really sorry for steve that he got robbed and nobody else seems to care betty banner's ex-girlfriend doesn't care and no one else is talking about it and hank pym is being giant man and he's just like cheesing for the camera like he always does he's doing publicity for the team and no other heroes are really showing up for the publicity tour hawkeye is on vacation in the maldives it says he says that's this is the only weekend his girlfriend could get off so this is we the haven't even they had to go we haven't even met him yet and <laughs> He's like the guy that like just starts a job and then immediately goes on a vacation. His like first like, week. They were like, doesn't Fury have some good archer? And they're like, oh yeah, he's on vacation right now. It's the only weekend his girlfriend could get off. <laughs> um, so then we go to Norway. And here's where we meet Thor. Fury and Banner go to meet him. And he's drinking outside of what looked to me like a trailer park that is like on fire, but I don't know if it's being attacked. If Thor is the reason it's on fire, I don't know what's happening with it. Do you have any context? I mean, everyone seems pretty chill. Exactly. Like they're not freaking yeah. out. I think, I think it's just, they have bonfires, like several bonfires and then they're parked around them. Okay. I thought it looked to me like the trailers were the things on fire, but, but I, that's probably wrong. Now I can see why it. you would think that it's, it's not, you don't get a super clear image of it. I'm just, I can tell from yeah. context. Yeah. People seem like they're just, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Um, and so we get to meet Thor and he's pretty based, as the kids would say. <laughs> um, what's another word to describe him before we get into everything he says, Zach? In case people don't know what based means. Um, I hate to say the word woke. Woke. Okay, I was, I was about to say woke also. Yeah. So he is questioning if shield is there to arrest him for protesting. And he's like, the media re re misrepresented. Those were peaceful protests. And then he's kind of joking about Fury's job offer to join the U S Marines, which is kind of what he views as the ultimates. 
And he says, no matter if they wear capes or combat boots, they're all just there to squash anything that tries to corrupt the status quo. And the son of Odin is not interested in working for a military industrial complex who engineers wars and murders innocent. So I stand Thor. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on this. I feel like Mark Millar maybe empathizes more with some of the more like nationalistic hardliner characters in these these books. But then he gives Thor these lines where he's just absolutely spitting. And it's like, I think he's doing it ironically, but nothing he's saying is wrong. It feels like okay. when the Simpsons have like Lisa say something like that. And then everyone just kind of rolls their eyes and the joke is, Oh, look at Lisa. She's read a book, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like, no, she was, she was right though. Okay. I gosh, both of these two issues, like I said, I think they're like perfect. Obviously, we were pretty young still in like 2002, 2000, that area, that time after like 9-11 when, when Bush was doing everything with war. But that's like, a, this is like a perfect encapsulation of of the other side of this, I think. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I was thinking he is like on Thor's side, the writer is, but maybe you're, maybe they're kind of like poking fun at hippies or something or other. I don't know. (laughs) I think he's representing him really well. Like he's having him. He's not, he doesn't seem like a caricature. He seems like, you know, an like intelligent dude speaking his mind. It's just his opinion goes in opposition to, everything else yeah the book seems to stand for and i'm not yeah. i'm not sure if that's meant to be like ironic or like i think genuine. he's supposed to be the good guy here because when we hear about like i think the ultimates are not represented very well because over and over we hear about how much money they're throwing at them and they don't really have anything to do and you know i i kind of feel like Thor is supposed to be represented as like being in the right here. Yeah, I can see that. I just knowing where like these stories continue to go, knowing the direction that the larger narrative takes, I tend to think that it's um, kind of a, a center right leaning book. Well, especially so here's, here's a line that I didn't even say. That's the next thing I wrote down that specifically takes a big shot at, Bush and what the US government, but he tells Banner and Fury that they talk about supervillains now, but it's only a matter of time before they're sent to kill for oil. And that's, you know, for any younger listeners that weren't, you know, growing up during the the 2001 after 9-11, that's what we would go over and fight for is like oil. And had previously done in other wars. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) The U.S. (laughs) Okay, so Banner gets upset about this and he calls Thor a phony and says he's just a nurse who was in an asylum for 18 months. And uh, I'm guessing if if Zach were to give us some backstory, that's because there was a time where they thought. Thor was like just a man named Donald Blake, I think, who had like amnesia 
before he knew that he was actually Thor. Is that enough backstory or should, you know? So this is kind of cool. So, yeah, that's like the original Stanley and Jack Kirby origin from the 60s. This series plays around a lot with the idea, is Thor legit? Because they were trying to make the Ultimate Universe more like rooted and feel like it's grounded in reality somewhat. So the idea of him being like a space Viking God, you know, you could see them not wanting to take that route. So they're like, he has powers. He's super powerful, but he's a crazy guy. We have the records. He was genuinely institutionalized. And so this is playing with that idea of, you know, is he a crazy crazy guy with powers that we have to appease or is he who he says he is? Okay. I was wondering that I was wondering if Banner, when he says he's a phony, if he if they didn't think he actually had powers, you know, no, they they know know he has powers. They just think it's unfortunate that he does. Okay, they think he's like a mutant or something. Um, And then Thor seems to have some sort of like ability to read minds because he calls him out for cutting his wrist before going to bed because I guess Banner is like depressed and daydreaming about hurting Hank Pym. And is that a power Thor has? He can read minds or did he just have some like inside info somehow? Yeah. Not as far as I know, unless they added that to his, you know, character for this and it never comes up again. Yeah. I think he's just, he just is paying attention and he's like making an informed guess. Yeah. And Thor says he is there to save the world, but to save it from you people, referring to Fury and Banner. And they walk away. They know a lost cause when they see one. So things are slow at Ultimates HQ. There's no supervillains to fight. Fury... <sighs> but isn't the point... Why it, it is a little silly that they'd be like, you put together this team, now there's no supervillains, so should we defund the team? I mean... Shouldn't people be smart enough to know, like, they should still be a team. There should still be a team for when they're needed. You know, they don't always have to be on the ball doing stuff, you know. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying, but I think it I think it is funny that they address in the book. Well, what do they do when, you know, there's not like a constant threat? Yeah. And here's what they do. Fury cap. Pim and Janet are all sitting around talking about this movie that's coming out for Captain America. He's about to get a three picture deal about his life and Brad Pitt is supposed to play Cap. And so they start talking about who would play each other in movies and here's the the panel that I've referenced a couple times but someone asked Nick Fury who should play him and Nick Fury eating a piece of pizza says why Mr. Samuel Jackson of course that's not even open to debate Dr. Pym and then we find out that Fury says Johnny Depp should play Tony Stark and in the most perfect bit of casting early 2000s Matthew McConaughey to play Hank Pym which would just be a perfect goofball handsome idiot to to play him <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. This is one of those like fan castings where I'm like, yeah, OK, that kind of makes sense. Um, And the last casting, Lucy Liu would play Janet, according to Nick Fury. And Cap is like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> and- I think it's interesting that Janet 
is like, oh, you're just saying that because that's the only other Asian person you can think of besides me. And up until that panel, I didn't even realize she I was had supposed no to idea be, she was it, Asian. Yeah. She wasn't depicted as Asian. She was depicted as just like a white girl with kind of short, spiky hair, which wasn't yeah. uncommon in the 2000s. Yeah. So we find out Janet is Asian in this scene. Um, and they're kind of making fun of Banner. Like, who would play Banner? And Pam is like that bug eyed guy who is like schizophrenic or something. And then they all kind of start making fun of different people. And then Banner turns out he's listening and he kind of like runs away sad and upset. And it turns out Hank Pym was just referring to Steve Buscemi. Who's great. Yeah. Well, he says, uh, I was just going to say Steve Buscemi. What's insulting about that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, What a jerk. I know. So Bruce calls Betty and speaking of actors, Betty is at dinner with Freddie Prince Jr. Who is in talks to play either Iron Man or Captain America. And he tells her that he mixed the Hulk serum with Cap's blood and he injected it into himself. And he's, he's, he's got kind of different reasons to do this first. He's like, well, hopefully it works. And then if it doesn't work, it will hopefully at least give the ultimates a supervillain to fight meaning himself as like Hulk or something. But really he says he just missed being big and then he passes out. And that is probably partially why he hates Hank Pym so much because Hank Pym is like a giant man. And the last thing Bruce says is how much he hate He misses being big. I had not noticed that layer to it, but I think, I think you might be right. Yeah. So Banner wakes up from being passed out. He's being transported in an ambulance. Hold up real quick. Yep. Before we, before we change that page, you notice the word balloon is obscuring Freddie Prince Jr.'s face. I don't know if they just like they didn't like how Brian Hitch drew his face or anything, but like you never oh my, see his oh face. My, oh my gosh, that's funny. It is any of these panels. It is the word bubble is specifically there to cover his face. It like is almost out of place where they put it. I'm wondering to cover if, his face. If like he didn't know who that was and he drew a different actor, or if they were just like, Oh, he doesn't look like that. Or maybe they just weren't allowed to use him. I was wondering that about Shannon Elizabeth earlier. I was like, did she have to get, did they have to get her permission to do this? Do you think? I don't know how that works in the modern day. It used to be Marvel comics. They just draw whoever they wanted in there, but I'm sure at some point that became a legal issue. And now they have to get George Bush a couple weeks ago. Didn't they? (laughs) Maybe it's different if it's like someone that public of a figure. Yeah. I mean, think about like there's political cartoons that draw, you know, politicians all the time in like a negative. I think there's light. like a parody law or something yeah. like that. There's Satire. some kind of freedom of yeah. speech thing for like, you know, politicians. Yeah. Um. So Hulk is in the ambulance and he calls out for Betty and then he just starts thrashing and the paramedics are unable to hold him down and Bruce hulks out, but he kind of looks like he turns into a red Hulk instead of our normal green Hulk. And he says, Hulk wants Freddie Prince jr. (laughs) And the ultimates are gearing up to go get Hulk. Tony says, 
we better start putting some kind of plan together. And Cap, finishing putting on his suit, says, the plan couldn't be simpler, Tony. And then we get a full-page drawing of the Ultimates in their suits kind of together. And Cap finishes his thought. We just hit him until he drops. And then the Avengers theme starts. Yeah, that panel goes hard. You can tell Um, that's like the scene in the movies where they... They try to get the whole gang in one shot. That panel does go hard. If you, if if our editor, you know, wanted to put in the Avengers theme after I said that, he could. You know? They should have <laughs> sold it like one of those, you know, you open birthday cards that sing to you. They should have put the, that thing in the comic so it do, you flip the page and it plays the Avengers theme. That'd be great. Yep, we've got we've got Cap suited up, Tony behind him, and then Giant Man huge and Wasp standing on a bed. Ba- balcony um, i haven't mentioned this before but i love that um iron man design like his his helmet shape is like weird like weight in a way that we've never seen before in yeah. like other media he kind of reminds me of like one of the like skins that you could like put on your spartan in halo yeah oh my gosh yeah that's like exactly what it looks like yeah it is different from uh normal it's it's growing on me. It's not as good as the regular You don't think ones, so? But no. <laughs> it kind of looks like um, if you saw Wakanda Forever, I think it kind of looks like the Iron Man suit that the girl makes in that. Oh, the Ironheart suit? Yeah. But I don't know. Um, what did you think of this issue? Um. I liked it. I could I could feel like the tension rising, you know, between the different characters. And I I mean, the point of it was was kind of that it was slow and that they had this downtime. But you can tell it's like rising action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I, you know, was expecting a lot of Thor. And then he was really only in it for like one or two pages because he was was on the cover. Yeah. And it's called Thunder. Yeah. Um, which was probably the most disappointing part reading through it, but it was still, I still really liked it. And I thought it was really good. Like learning about all the other team members. And I do still love Thor in this, even though we only see him for a little bit. So I rated it pretty good. I gave it, uh, or I should say I went out and I bought, Eight out of ten pairs of two hundred and fifty dollar pants. All right, yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I feel like, you know, Thor, he didn't get as much of a moment as I would have liked, but he shown he like stole the show when in the panels that he was in, and I liked them sitting around talking about their casting. Obviously, the Samuel L. Jackson panel is iconic. Um, yeah, and then it it set us up for a big action packed follow up issue. Yes, this this final line from Captain America where Tony's like, we need a plan. And Cap's like, we have a plan. We're just going to hit him until he drops. It reminds me of in the first Avengers. This is a line that I, I actually think is kind of silly, but it's it's funny. But Captain America is like, we can't just go fight him. We need a plan of attack. And Tony Stark's like, I have a plan. Attack. <laughs> This reminded me of that exact same line. Like if Did you, had, really? if you hadn't mentioned that, I was like a, a second away from mentioning it myself. 
That's awesome. I want, yeah. Well, then there must be something to that. Maybe they. It definitely know. influenced it, but they were probably yeah. like, oh, this suits Iron Man better than Captain America. Yeah. All right, cool. So we both gave it an eight out of 10. Uh, we ready to move on to issue five? Let's move on. Let's get to this action packed uh, finale of this. Yeah. The, it's like the mid season finale because we're about halfway through the. I guess not quite, but in my mind, like we're we're about halfway through the And we still series. have a real villain because now like Hulk is the villain that they're fighting, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of taken a while to see, you know, where the big baddie is going to come from. Although I think we've had hints at it. Mm. Um, OK, so issue five, this one is, again, written by Mark Millar, penciled by Brian Hitch. And we open on a fleet of military helicopters flying over a flaming Manhattan, airlifting giant man from the bottom. And Nick Fury tells the team via headset that in 10 minutes, the Hulk has killed dozens of people, drunk a truck full of beer, and is currently stealing a huge pair of pants from a fat corpse. wonder how much those pants cost. <laughs> oh my gosh. What, what a... What a wild way for this to open. He killed dozens of people, drunk a truck full of beer, and is stealing a huge pair of pants from a fat corpse. That's like almost word for word how the issue starts. Yeah, um, that's because I did read, write it down yeah. word for word. Um, I think it's funny. Like, you know how people are always like, how is it that when the Hulk grows big, his shirt and shoes and everything rip, but his pants don't. It's like, in this universe, apparently they do. He just steals a pair of pants. But it's also funny that what is this? Did he find some guy who's like Hulk sized just by himself and took his like no, no fat man is as big as the Hulk. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> um, The team's plan is to stick Banner with a Hulk antidote housed in a syringe with an adamantium tip. So, you know, contrary to what Cap said at the end of the last issue, they do have somewhat of a plan. And Iron Man asks about Thor and Fury says he sent him an email saying he's happy to help if President Bush doubles the international aid budget. To which Tony says, wonderful. So we're effectively on our own here. I think then this is a good enough time as any. We could have said this in the last one when we're talking about Thor, but now this issue Thor is like all about getting like the, what is it? The international aid budget doubled. Yeah. And I just love the idea of this Thor that is an otherworldly being. So he's been to hundreds of worlds that each have their own like countries and lifestyles and everything. And he's like, the worst thing in the world right now is the U.S. military industrial complex. Like, there's like a million worlds he could be dealing with and people. And he's like, the United States government is where my, you know, I just I just think that that's like a funny thing for him to be doing with his time. It's not a wrong thing for him to be thinking or doing with his time, but. These guys are so much worse than the fire demons and the dark elves that I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like the fact that like he's sitting this one out and letting civilians die unless that budget gets doubled. I feel like that's part of where 
it makes me think that this was like maybe criticizing or poking fun at people like Thor because, you know, he's letting this like ideological good cost people like their actual lives. You know, it's yeah. like and and that's that's a better way, I think, of saying exactly what I just said about like, is is this like why? Because even on Earth, if he's like upset about international stuff, go fly around to another country and like you know, put people in their place. You're a god. Yeah. So or you can like bring a storm. Why not end droughts? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Cap says he likes their four to one odds and that he hasn't lost a fight since 1942 and he doesn't plan on losing now. And the Hulk starts climbing a building while yelling for Betty. And he finds the restaurant that Betty is in. It's like a rooftop fancy restaurant. And she starts running for the exit from him. And just as Hulk is about to climb into the building, giant man grabs him and says, Oh, for God's sake, banner, shut up. You're giving science a bad name. Um, can, can we go into the types of things Hulk is saying, or did you just want to breeze past all of it? <laughs> you can, if you want to, I didn't add him. Hulk is like climbing up the building and he's like screaming about Freddie Prince Jr. and Banner. Uh, he's like, you're supposed to be Banner's girlfriend. Get away from Freddie Prince Jr. And then he goes, he goes, Banner too much of a woman for you, Betty. Maybe it's time you gave Hulk a try, huh? And then also a couple times, which I'm only going to mention because I did take points off in this issue hulk talks about how like horny he is and it's just weird <laughs> just isn't necessary yeah that's a that's kind of a theme um so it we, is a we, theme because he mentions it like three times yeah we've talked about how the ultimates line like especially the way mark millar imagines it you don't see it as much in ultimate spider-man but in all the mark millar books things get darker to a level that's not always necessary and i think he kind of reimagines the hulk's like rage issues that we see in all the other comics as just every vice kind of turned up to 11 so not only is he angry when he's the hulk he gets like horny to a level where he he gets kind of rapey like it oh my gosh do we have to deal with this the whole run this is what hulk is like <laughs> He's not, not a good because he drank a, le a, a truck full of beer tonight. I mean, he's not a good dude. You hear the things he's saying and it's funny because it's ridiculous. But then it makes you like worry. What would he do when he finally gets a hold of her? Yeah. Nothing uh, good. So, OK, I guess we'll get to it more later on in the series, but. Is Hulk like a member of the team as Hulk or is he really just a member of the team as Banner? I'll say this. That'd be pretty uncomfortable if he was a member of the team at all after after all of this. Right. I mean, he just <laughs> he just killed 12 people. They oh said, my gosh, that does remind me of what the very last pages of this comic. And I kind of love it. So, I yeah. And what may, what I don't like also is the implication like the some of those 12 people were the EMT workers that were like trying to take care of him in the ambulance when he hulked out. Like, yeah. 
I mean, these were like good people who were like trying to do right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like this Ultimate Hulk at all. No, I, I, I definitely didn't either. I think maybe the coolest thing about him that they change up is the fact that he's not green anymore. He's like gray. Um, that was one of the things later on after this issue, I, I wrote about the things I didn't really like about the Hulk. And that was one of the things that I also didn't like was I don't, I can't even tell what color he is. Is he red or is he gray? Or sometimes I think he even looks like human colored. Like he's just like, there's one scene where he just looks like a big, ugly human baby, I think. And (laughs) so but anyway, I'll he's, let you get back into it. He's gray, and the, there's a good purpose for that. It's to differentiate him from the regular Universe Hulk, which I think is fine. And then um, it's a reference to when the original Hulk comic was pr- like made back in the 60s. Uh, they got the coloring wrong, or or just like the way the paper soaked up the colors. Um, I think he was supposed to be maybe human-colored or something, but he came out gray and then they eventually changed that to green, but it's that it's a reference to when he was gray very early on. Okay. The panel I'm specifically talking about is on page 13. So when you get there, you'll see what I mean. And he, he, he just looks like a giant baby. Oh yeah. I can see that. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so giant man grabs, Hulk and Hulk breaks through Hank's grasp and lunges into his face and shouts, you always make Banner look like an idiot in front of Betty, Pim. That's why Hulk's going to tear off your head and use it like a toilet bowl. And he tries to pry Hank's mouth open to break his jaw until Iron Man flies into him and blasts them both into Grand Central Terminal. And Hulk rips Tony's mask off and says he wants to eat him. That's another thing this Hulk does. And Tony yells, eat this, moron, and emits what seems to be a sonic blast from his suit that buys him some time. And Tony tells, Tony tells Fury he's only on 25% power and asks, if I empty my reserves, can you cover me long enough for support to juice me up again? And Fury says yes, so Tony hits Hulk with everything he's got, knocking him through the roof of Grand Central. And Wasp is the next member of the team to take on Hulk. And how does how is she going to do that? I wonder. Oh, I she... mean, Wasp Wasp has a bunch of cool powers, and she's one of the original Avengers. And so I'm sure she's going to have some way of dealing with this that is just like awesome and cool, and you know, really superhero like. Yeah, she's a legitimate superhero in her own right. She's the one they wanted to, um, you know, bring into the team more so than her husband, giant man. And so naturally she decides the best thing she can do is get Hulk's attention by flashing him and asking, Hey banner, Betty Ross have a ra- have a rack as nice as these. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent use of your powers. Yeah. Way to go. Mark Millar. Um, and it works, I guess. Uh, it distracts Hulk and he starts trying to catch Jan as she flies around again. I don't like, you know, whatever he would probably do to her if he did catch her. Um, 
but I don't even know what the distraction is really for because it's not like they they do anything with it. Um, no, I think what didn't it? So I'm pretty sure they say wasp. Okay, Cap says wasp. You're up next. Or Cap doesn't say this, but he says wasp. You're up next. Cap wants Banner up on 42nd and 5th ASAP. You copy. So I think she is trying to draw him to somewhere is what gotcha. the plan is. Okay. I just didn't see and any panels that looked like they were lady around. Yeah. I just didn't see any panels that made it look like they actually covered a lot of distance. So I didn't realize she got him to that target. Um, But I guess that makes sense now. It really doesn't, but it, it kind of does. Um, And Fury says, Cap's ready to relieve you, Jan. Fall back. And we see something drop from the sky with a large crash. And once the dust settles, we realize that object was a tank with Captain America as its sole occupant inside. So I'm thinking, oh, cool. We're going to get to see, like, Cap driving a tank and, like, trying to shoot the Hulk with it and, you know, maybe get a little bit of that. But nope, before he can use it, Hulk bursts through the floor of the tank and slams Cap through one of its sidewalls. So I guess Brian Hitch just wanted to draw a tank. Well, I I read this scene differently, and I really liked what Cap was doing in here. Okay, so let me give you what I thought was happening in this scene. So Cap drops down in his tank, and the first thing they say to him is, just watch your rear end there, Captain. I and the Sky Heat Tracers are picking up movement beneath that underside of yours. And Cap says, relax, soldier. Everything's going exactly as planned. And then Hulk bursts up through the floor. And I thought it looked like Cap was like ready for it and immediately just like kicked him square in the face when he came up and it like blows Hulk backwards. So I thought... This was like the plan kind of, you know, Captain America is ready for him to jump up because as soon as he does, he just like knocks him, knocks him out. I think this speaks to a larger issue that we've had now on both episodes where we've covered the ultimates. I like Brian Hitch's art style. I like his character renditions. I like, you know, the body language and the action and stuff, but I don't think at least at this point in his career, he's a very good visual storyteller because there have been multiple times. Think back to like that first issue oh, with yeah. Captain America in World War II, where like we we ask ourselves, what is happening right now? Yeah. You know, you need to maybe have, you know, better points of view or show motion or time passing or have a little filler panel. You know, it's like he'll skip from point A to point B. It'll be like, you know, we'll see someone in one room and then we'll see him in another and he'll have skipped them walking through a doorway or something like that. Yeah. I see. Yeah, definitely. There have been things that they could have been clear, clearly more clearly drawn. Yeah. So, as we alluded, um, Cap and Hulk start fighting hand-to-hand in the street, and Cap punches Hulk in the nose, kicks him in the crotch, uppercuts him with his shield, and sweeps his legs. And it looks like that's all maybe one really fast, you know, controlled move. And he's about to inject the antidote when Fury asks, you just take down the Hulk? And Cap answers, 
Banner's not the only one around here with so- super soldier serum pumping through his heart, chum. Now get me a med team pronto. This little guy isn't going to be in the best shape after I stick this antidote in his neck. And the moment of hesitation he takes to say, say this costs Cap as it gives a Hulk time to reach up and grab his arm. And Wasp tells us, oh my god, he broke the needle. So again, that's something that I would have maybe liked the art to have shown us instead of a a speech bubble. Definitely, because this is a specific one where we, again, we kind of read these two scenes a little bit differently because I didn't think Cap's hesitation is what cost him not being able to stick the needle in. I thought the needle just didn't go in and then Hulk broke it, you know, like trying to put the needle in broke the adamantium needle his skin was stronger than the metal is what i kind of read it as so once again maybe it could have been a little bit more clear what happened definitely and fury tells an agent ready the nuke for the backup plan and hulk starts bashing cap in the face saying hulk thought you were different but you're just as bad as them rogers Hulk gonna smash your head open and suck out the yolk, you ugly piece of crap. <laughs> Get this guy off the superhero team. He really wants to eat people. Yeah. Um, we see the New York skyline illuminated by a huge lightning strike. And we see Thor standing over Hulk with his hammer to Hulk's head. And an aide tells Nick Fury, message from the White House general. The president just doubled our international age budget. AIDS. Aid. Aid. Our <laughs> international aid budget. Yeah, they're not doing anything for AIDS. Um, and Fury replies, and to think I voted for Ralph Nader. Which again is a that's a timely reference, but I don't I don't feel like that'd be right. I don't see I don't see Nick Fury as an idealist i see him as a pragmatist like if he was gonna vote democrat he would have voted al gore and being this big probably fury's probably voting for bush anyways for the yes for the defense budget yeah that's the one that's gonna like green light all his little projects yeah if you wanted international aid then then you'd be voting for the other guy maybe but but once again this is so funny that thor is like just gonna let all these people die and then bush calls him up and he's like fine we'll just double it go go save everything yeah so thor hits hulk two more times and the ground shakes and cracks with both strikes and he proclaims your jaw is broken your ribs are cracked and one of your lungs has just been punctured banner have you tested enough of mjolnir yet And Hulk smiles and says, Nah, Thor's hammer makes Hulk horny for Betty again, hippie. What? (laughs) We're going to move past it. Thor's hammer kind of looks more like Stormbreaker to me. It doesn't look like a hammer. It does. I mean, he's using the hammer side, but the other side is an axe. Yeah, but it looks cool, though. It does. Um... Hulk knocks Thor several blocks down the street and we see shield agents airlift Freddie Prince Jr. and Betty Ross from the roof of their building saying your safety is our prime concern. And then in the very next panel, 
we see that that was a lie. And Fury says, Cap, this is Nick. Prince and Ross are in the air. I repeat, Honey Trap is in the air, just like you requested. And Cap tells... <laughs> Wait, okay, so, ex- so explain what just happened, because I don't think I caught this the first time we were. I was reading it. Okay, so Fury says t- to Captain America, Honey Pot is in the air, just like you requested. So, And then the very so next thing tr- we... Yeah. The very next thing we see Captain America do is he tells Hulk where he can find Betty saying she's in the air meatball. So shield. So shield is like Freddie Prince and Betty. We need to get you guys in the air in a helicopter away from the crime scene. And then the second they get in the crime scene, they're like, okay, our trap is working. They're in the air just like we want them to be. And they tell Hulk to follow them. Oh my gosh, this is just... They're literally putting these There's like, a lot civilians. Of, yeah, I'm not sure about this Cap and Nick Fury. That seems I, like a Fury thing to do. That doesn't seem like a Captain America thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Hulk tosses Cap aside and starts climbing a building, yelling, Get back here, Betty. Don't leave Banner alone again. And this just reminds me of the, the first episode we did on the ultimates where he was like oh she broke up with me because i was air quotes toxic it's like yeah i think you were oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually seeing this and then like re rereading that part i felt bad for banner in the fir- in the first couple issues but it's kind of hard to now he's such a sad boy he's obviously like, hank pym was the right one <laughs> this whole time i don't think there is a right one the right one is like maybe thor but he, he is such a sad boy. Finish that thought. He, he's like, oh, no, I can't do this without you, without you coddling me and being, you know, my girlfriend and being nice to me. Like, I could just turn into a monster and kill everyone. We wouldn't want that, Betty, would we? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude sucks. Um, so Thor asks, asks Cap what he's doing. And Cap says. What does it look like? Luring Banner out to sea in case we're forced to opt for a tactical nuclear assault, of course. And Thor asks him if he's using those people as bait. And Cap says, only if the other three plants I have on standby, standby, take a dive. That's a Cap thing to do. Very, that's a good line. That he has all these plans. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I feel like. He strikes me as the Batman of the MCU, kind of. That's what I think of when I think of Captain America. Maybe in this in this series, I feel like he's just a little bit more morally ambiguous. Yeah. Flexible in this, because I feel like regular Cap, yeah, would have three or four plans on how to deal with the Hulk. But I don't think he would let any of them involve like, you know, trap with innocent people. Yeah. And also, yeah. if they're going to nuke Banner at sea, they're going to destroy that helicopter, too. They're also nuking Betty and Freddie Prince. Well, Hollywood actors are a dime a dozen, Zach. You know that. <laughs> I'm not going to say Hollywood saw his career as expendable <laughs> shortly after this comic came out, but we'll just say there's a reason kids today don't know Freddie Prince Jr., I think I only know him as like he was in Scooby Doo. I like barely know what Freddie Prince Jr. was ever in. Wasn't he also Agent he was, Cody Banks? Was he John Tucker Must Die? Maybe no, he wasn't. Surely Agent Cody not. Banks was Frankie Muniz. Oh yeah, 
Shoot. I know, I know he was in stuff when we were kids. I just can't even think of what yeah. it was. Yeah. Who was he? Who was he in Scooby-Doo? He was, um, he was Fred, Fred right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to picture his face and what else he was in. Literally can't remember. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. Get nuked. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> So we see that Wasp is inside of Banner's head, crawling towards his frontal lobes. I guess maybe she went in through his ear or nose or something. And she gives Banner a sting to part of his brain that makes him the Hulk. And he falls out of the helicopter and lands on the pier. And he turns back into Dr. Bruce Banner and says to Captain America, Don't hurt me, please. I was only trying to help. This was all part of the plan, you see. I was only trying to come up with a menace you could all get together to fight. I know you aren't going to kick me and punch me or anything, because I really couldn't handle that kind of thing right now. And Cap tells him, Don't be ridiculous. Why would I hit you, Bruce? You're one of the gang. Part of the team, for God's sake. I'm just I here to make... Really, I was really upset after Cap said this. I, I, I read that panel... And that's exact, pretty much read it word for word. But he, sa- he says, why would I hit you, Bruce? You're one of the gang, for God's sakes, part of the team. And I was like, give me a break. This guy just caused so much damage. He's been like rapey, like Zach said. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't an accident. He didn't hulk out no, on accident. All on purpose. Yeah. I Don't you see? I committed millions of dollars in property damage and killed 12 12- plus people so that you guys would all be friends. <laughs> um, and cap says, I'm just here to make sure those cuts and bruises of yours get the proper attention, pal. Come here. Let me get a closer look at that big gash on your cheek. And banner says, but I don't have a gash on my cheek and cap kicks him in the face, knocking him out. And he <laughs> says, you do now, son dig out a straight jacket in size 34 general. We're bringing them in incredible two issues in a row where captain america just steals the last page entirely i loved it that scene of the 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 drawing of cap just booting this guy in the face was very satisfying yeah i mean i don't know it what you 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 also no i mean in the context I get it, but also I feel like he's risking turning him into the Hulk again after they just went to all that trouble of like making him banner. Yeah. So it kind of feels like a selfish move. Like he did it out of anger, not out of like Definitely. rationality. And also it doesn't feel like something the 616 cap would do. It feels like he'd be like, okay, slap the cuffs on him and let's let's just get him out of here. Let me try to think. Let me try to think. What would he do with Bucky as the winter soldier? Well, that's totally different. He likes Bucky. No one yeah. likes Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Banner's like crawling to him like naked. And he's like, you're not going to hit me, are you? And Cap's like, no, you're part of the team, buddy. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like my head hurts so much. And it's like, well, I could kick you in the chest and it'd make you stop thinking about how much your head hurts. <laughs> yeah it's good i dug it yeah i i'm definitely seeing that like bruce 
is kind of the one propagating all of these like self-fulfilling prophecies about himself. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm just such a helpless wimp. Nobody likes me. And then he acts like a helpless wimp that no one could possibly like, yeah. like goes out of his way, you know, to put on this yeah. facade. Yeah. And kind of a smaller thing, but it's kind of where I started to not like him was that first scene with Thor when Thor is spitting facts and Banner like kind of like attacks him, not like physically, but he's like, what are you talking about? You're a phony. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, get him out of here. <laughs> um, Well, I didn't like this one as much as the first one. There were no. parts of it I really liked, but I don't really like the Hulk. We've talked about it a lot. I don't like how he acts or how he looks. Um, the characterization there is just so gratuitous. Yeah. It's yeah. exhausting. It it doesn't come across as like new and innovative and fun. It's just exhausting. Yeah. Um, but I kind of liked I, Captain America's growing on me quite a bit. Um, so I like that Thor's entrance was a good one in the fight. It was pretty expected. You know, as soon as things started, I was like, oh, Thor is going to come in and save the day here. Uh, but it didn't disappoint. Um, I gave this one who I don't have a grading scale. I, I, I gave it something out of 10, but I don't have a grading scale. So if you have one. Um, let's do it out of uh, $10 million to the international age aid budget i don't know why i keep saying aids um well i'm gonna AIDS, give this one aids i have aids, AIDS. <laughs> oh my gosh i gotta go Great. to the front it's of the line sunny reference Thank um you. i'm gonna give this one six million dollars in international aid money out of ten million dollars total okay um man it's like I the parts that I like about this I really like like the widescreen action shots you know just the still you know every issue continues what we said the last time we looked at these it's formatted like a widescreen like action movie and it really works in this fight heavy issue it makes it so engaging and exciting and you know Thor works and the the action works and the art is cool, even though it's not easy to follow, but then you get the whole Hulk thing and, you know, Janet flashing her boobs and, and, and what's the dialogue Janet at least. And I don't, we didn't really mention it. You mentioned at the end, she like crawls up inside Hulk and like it stabs his brain with something. That's a cool way for her to use her powers. Yeah, if she had done you know, that originally, any, yeah, exactly. This issue could have been way shorter. Yeah, the, it's just like, why did we need that one little scene of her flashing him to get her to follow it? Couldn't we have just skipped that part and just gone to him chasing them on the helicopter? Like, and then we still get to use her, use her powers in a cool way. But it does seem like the writers of this have sex on the mind when they're like making these issues. Yeah. Sex, gore, violence, hypernationalism. Like, I don't know. It's, this is a very good issue to indicate like what the ultimates is because the highs are really high and the lows are really low and very cringeworthy. 
So I'm, I think I'm going to be with you at like six billion out of ten million, you know, dollars to the international aid budget. Part of me wants to give it a seven. Part of me wants to give it a five. So six just feels, you know, right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And I think I can see MCU Captain America just like booting someone when they're. I, I feel like a, a Hydra guy who, you know, he just. Just knock him out. Even when the fight's over, I feel like I could see him happen and giving him a line. You do now. Maybe. I mean, do you see how how much the MCU seems to have like taken from some of these characters? Yeah, definitely. It just made them like better, more likable people. Yeah, that's yeah. It made them not quite so rough around the edges. Yeah. What are we doing next week? You got anything else on these? Um, nope. I I'm done with ultimates for now. Um, oh, we don't get to do six and seven next week. We're we're doing Spider Man. <sighs> Did you not want to want to cover Spider Man on our no, ultimate Spider Man no, pod? <laughs> Wearing your Spider Man hat. I just like the complete stories. Now now we're gonna go. I want to know who the ultimates are fighting. I have a sneaking suspicion Loki might come in. And I'm and I want to see that happen, but I don't know if that happens or not. You just told me it kind of follows the first Avengers movie, so I'm thinking maybe we'll get to see Loki. I'll say this, and I'll issue maybe a more specific content warning next week before we go into another Ultimates episode. It's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> it does get better, but we're about to hit a, a patch that I'm really okay, not looking Okay, let's go back into Spider-Man. Not looking forward to. Um, But yeah, so next week... Where is it? Okay. Next week, we are going to be reading Ultimate Spider-Man issue 28 and Ultimate Spider-Man 1 half. That's the one that is not on Marvel Unlimited that we're getting in the mail. Okay, nice. That'll be good. Yeah. And where did we leave off in that? In Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah. Do you remember? They just defeated the Green Goblin, and then we oh, got... Oh, yeah. And then we got that one uh, like special issue that was the, the become a superhero yep. project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, so we're almost starting like a new season of Ultimate Spider-Man now, you could say. Yeah, if you want to think of it as a new season, I do think of the like the Goblin Returns arc as kind of the end of the the first chapter of yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. So yeah, we're we're about to start something different. Okay. Nice. Well, that'll be exciting. Not getting to our uh 90 minute limit this I week. I know. Wow, this is going to be a quick listen. It is what it is. Sorry for anyone who had specifically an hour and a half commute that they were looking for us to fill. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Zach, last words. Be kind, do good. Love it. Thank you so much to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And you can find us on Instagram at first read podcast. You can find us on YouTube at the ultimate Spider-Man podcast, the video I put up did not get copyright banned by the way. Yet. If you want to see, if you want to see Dumbledore and the Avengers show up and save the day for some stupid thing I edited, leave us a comment. Zach and I love it. 
We love reading them and meeting you guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, you guys have been really good with like nice, friendly, kind feedback. Tell us what you hate about us. Drive up yeah. those, you know, that hate um, interaction because I mean that that boosts us just as much. Yeah. Anything for engagement. Yeah. Um. Okay. Nice. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>